is Amalia Eon Karras. This is Satya. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to, to Love, Sex, Sex and, and the, the Hidden, Hidden Agenda. Agenda. Our podcast was created with the sole intention to release toxic shame, illuminate our shadow nature, and expose the mysterious entities that feed off our most precious life force, our sexual energy. To learn more about our life-enhancing courses and transformational retreats, visit knowtheself.com. Let's dive in. So I was raised in a cult. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Anyone else raised in a cult? Raise their hand. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, it's so messed up and I really didn't realize it fully. I don't even think I still realized it fully, but recently it's coming up just the but full circle just how much uh yeah i'm just remembering i guess what yeah. what what's coming up like to help to bring it to your forefront right now because it's interesting i've known you for many years and we you don't talk a lot about your past or like the traumas from your childhood i mean i knew that about you but i i think it's a first time I actually heard you say, yes, I was raised in a cult. That's the first time I've heard you say that. So did something happen or come to your attention recently or an awareness? You know, I, I can't even put my finger on it right now. Uh, but I was doing a little bit of research. I think sometimes I say it, you know, yeah, I don't talk about it. I don't really uh, maybe I'm ashamed of it and, and maybe I want to downplay it. Also, I was so brainwashed and so conditioned about the, it's as if I was you know, faithful to, to the religion at the same time. And that still inside me, I have this reverence for or some kind of fear or re respect just weird it's all these weird it's a weird mix of feelings and so I almost don't want to bad mouth it or you know but let's face it it was it was completely freaky and and I think I had to shut down a lot of things for example, my uh, my grandfather, he was a total pedophile. And it came out that he was sexually abusing a cousin of mine. He had gotten to everyone, all of the boys in the family, all of the girls at some, some point or another. Uh, mm. And so they don't allow you to go to the police. You have to report it to the, the church. And then all they do is they sit the perpetrator in the back of the church. It's like a slap on the hand, like, oh, you've done something wrong. But also you're not allowed to share with anyone what happened. You can't tell other church members or anything like that. So all Wait, they know so was it brought up to the church, like yeah, there's some to the elders, and then in the church, who told one of your 
siblings or? I was so young at the time. I'm not sure who actually told. But somebody uh, said, I'm being abused by this man and it was in your family. And then they brought it in front of the elders of the church. And all they did was put him in the back of the church. Yeah. And they wouldn't let anybody make a police report or anything like that. No. Yeah, because it's so common. I'm so sorry. What a, yeah, that's pretty traumatizing and hard to comprehend as a young child. It puts a really weird twist in the mind of right and wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I was thinking, wow, so he's sitting in the back of the church. And isn't that where all the cool people sit? <laughs> no, no. Well, it's funny because in my church, in my cult, <laughs> um, <laughs> when we were teenagers, we were so sick of the church, but we would all line up in the back pew, like me and all my friends. That was like the cool kids in the back pew. So mm -hmm. when you said that, I'm like, oh, well, that was the best seat in the house. <laughs> so. This was behind a, a piece of glass. It was a room with a large, oh, like a separated, like room. a large piece of glass. Yeah. And, but you could still kind of walk past them. It, it was strange, but so I guess in a way I, I was happy that he was at least being, but, but I didn't get it just how much secret was around it. And since then, so recently I was researching sexual abuse in this religion and it said that they, they request, so there were all these horror stories and I had no idea. So this is one of the things that, yeah, has happened recently. All these people were severely abused and they, uh, and by elders of this church and the elders were protected completely and they made a file and they wrote down everything and they would make the children or teenagers come into a room and their parents were not allowed with them of all men while they questioned them and questioned them. And they would, some of the questions were, there's a list of questions and some of them were, were things like, did you like it? And was anybody a witness? Because if, if who you're saying did this, unless they confess or unless there were two male witnesses to what happened, then we can't really say it happened, can we? So these are their rules and they're written down and there's files and files that have been contained and somebody reported it and they, they tried to go and get the files and a lot of them went missing, of course, and things like that. But that's just one of the, the crazy things. The, the craziest thing to me was uh, my father uh, started to question the religion and <laughs> basically they he wrote them a letter questioning you know very logical things uh my father was a very smart man and he was starting to move up in the in the church and and give speeches in different congregations and things like that and they basically wrote him back and said how about zip it lock it put it in your pocket basically they they said you don't have the gift of the Holy Spirit, only we do. So you can't really interpret the Bible then now, can you? So 
why don't you just leave your interpretations at the curb because we know what's going on and you need to listen to us. You either obey or you don't, whatever. So that was when my father said, family, we're out. Just like that. Oh, wow. And so what a blessing. Yeah. That they did that to him, right? It was a blessing. And he was a real trailblazer for doing that. And it must have also broken his heart in some way because he was raised without religion. And I think he really wanted spirituality, wanted God. And this was the only, he had fallen in love with my mother and she wasn't allowed to marry anyone unless they were this religion. So he converted and I think he wanted it to be something special and something real. Can you repeat can you repeat that? My mother wasn't allowed to marry anyone that was not inside the church. And my father was raised without religion. So he fell in love with her and he really wanted religion. He wanted something, you know, of course he, he would have rather had something real and something beautiful, not something so awful. Twisted. Yeah. So yeah. he joined, he joined the, it was Jehovah witness, right? Yeah. So he, he became a Jehovah to marry your mother and that's how he got involved. And then he tried to move up and they were like, Nope, sorry, you can't. And yeah. then he took the family out of the church. Well, wow. So now mind you, there I am about nine years old and I'm losing my religion completely. I wasn't allowed to what they call associate with anyone who was not a Jehovah's Witness. Me, yeah, same. We were told you can live in this world, but you are not to be of this world. So, yeah. hmm? so much yeah. conditioning. It, it, everything was bad. You know, everything was bad. You felt bad. Everything about... that didn't come from them was bad, right? Yes, yes, and we were told it was. There were demons. There were demons everywhere. I used to be afraid to when we would drive by a Catholic church, I would get so scared. I would just kind of like pray until we passed the church because I felt like demons were gonna come out of the church and attack me. We were told that there were demons in these places. Yeah, I mean, I had, you know, one good friend because I was, she was the only Jehovah's Witness that I knew. Outside of that, it was only my family, my, my mother's family. And the minute, the minute we were out of the religion, uh, we'd be in a grocery store and our family members, our aunts, uncles, if they saw us, they would just turn their shopping carts and run. They would shun you, right? Run. You were shunned. You had yeah. to be shunned. And they, furthermore, have... if, if anyone caught them talking to us or even making eye contact with us, they would report them to the elders of the church and they would get kicked out. So this wasn't even, we're just shunning you because we're told to shun you, but it we have to shun you or we will lose God or God will no longer love us. Yeah. And so those are just the very, you know, basic things that. It's yeah. so interesting for me to hear it, hear your experience, because so we, we were told um, the same thing, but because I was in a born again Christian cult, we were told that the Jehovah's were going to hell. So that would be you and your clan. So whenever I would pass a Jehovah witness, what did they call them? Um, 
they weren't churches. They were something else. No kingdom halls, kingdom Kingdom halls. Whenever we would pass the kingdom halls, I would pray for them and I would pray for the Catholics and I would pray for um, all the other types of religions that we would pass because what we were told was that they were all going to hell unless they asked Jesus into their heart. Um, But everybody was going to hell except us, the born-again Christians. And the only way to become a born-again Christian was quite easy. You just self-declared it and, like, asked Jesus into your heart and joined the congregation and, like, paid your your dues. But it was the same thing with the, the child abuse was rampant. They shunned my father for having an affair, and then they shunned me because my best friend at 14 uh, was caught having sex. And because I was her best friend, she told her family that I was also doing it, but I was a total virgin. So I was slut shamed then. And then the entire, nobody was allowed to talk to me um, because I was somehow like the Jezebel, Jezebel of the church. (laughs) Um, And so when I would walk up to the church, because my dad was going through a divorce and I was now a virgin, but proclaimed slut, um, they would all turn their heads. So I still went to church because that was all I knew. And I couldn't be friends with it. I knew nobody outside born again, Christian church. My school was born again, Christian, all my friends. And then it was such a blessing because it was only because they shunned me that I left. And I, cause I realized what hypocrites they were and how twisted it all was. And I, and by then I was like 14, so I could think for myself and I went to a public high school. So, and I started meeting people in my classes that were of all different faith. And that's when my mind just popped and I, realized they were all lying and it was all a big cult and that they were the boogeyman that they talk about. Actually, they're the ones who are doing it. They're the ones abusing all the kids. They're the, everything that they told us in the church, they themselves were doing, but we were looking and judging everyone else. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's just, it's such a mind fuck. Yeah. And, and what's so scary is how deeply it sinks into your psyche on all the levels in your sexuality, in your, your, your basic foundation of, do you believe in yourself or not? You know, being able to listen to your own intuition, that gets completely. Oh yeah, because they hijacked that so young. Anything that you would have thought as an intuitive child to to be empathic towards or to be compassionate towards, and then they would twist it and manipulate it or to feel like inherently there's something wrong with the way that man is, like it's not nice touch. They've like twisted that dynamic, internal dynamic that we would just have naturally yeah. to be um, groomed. Right. <laughs> and, and as an adult, we've had to work really hard at breaking all those deeply held conditions. And, and you know what else to add on top of all of this is, so my parents got divorced shortly after that happened. It, it was just too much. It was all too much. And 
And on top of it, divorce is so, so bad in that. It's a sin. Yeah. Yeah. And going to hell. So I was, I remember sitting in my backyard and processing and, and trying to digest. I, I specifically remember trying to accept, okay, my parents are no longer Jehovah's Witnesses. I still have a choice. I could still be one because I was a child, you know, and then you, you could work your way back in. I, there was some exception for children, whatever. But there I was trying to face the incongruencies and worst of all, the thought that my mother and father were going to, I was basically losing them in that moment. I was losing my religion, losing God, but losing my own parents. And I had to digest that at nine years old, because what they tell you is you're going to die and only the Jehovah's witnesses will be allowed to live uh, in a paradise on earth. That's part of what they tell you. There's more, a lot more to it because there's the special people. There's the 144,000 chosen ones and all of that. Anyway, I was trying to digest, whoa, I thought I was going to, we were all going to live together forever when we die. And now I'm not going to have any parents. I don't, I don't want to live in a paradise on earth for the rest of my life with no family who at nine years old is, is these are the, what they're thinking. This, these were my, this was the realm that I lived in. And these oh, I were totally the, get it. These were the philosophical discussions I was having with myself alone that nobody was helping me process. I was having to figure this out for myself. What does this mean? How am I going to live alone? I guess I'll be okay at, you know, and maybe in that moment I started to detach. Gosh, maybe that has to do with, you know, attachment theory too, or why I'm so, I can be so independent or so connected to somebody and yet just kind of off in my own, you know, world. I don't know, but you know, not to mention how hard it's been for me to just reclaim my own, my own spirituality or my own, you know, magic or, or whatnot. And, and I'm, I really grapple with this whole idea of magic versus miracles. It's all the same thing. It's all, it is, it's all spiritual. It's all God. It's all, but I was, I was programmed in such a way it, it was, it's just really sad. I, can we play that video of what they what they try to tell you? Yeah. Hold on one second. This is only a couple minutes. Sparlock. Caleb. We need someone to save us. Caleb. Sparlock. Caleb. Activate Caleb. your magic, Sparlock. Hi. How was school today? Hi. Look at Sparlock's magic key. Caleb. What toy is that? It's Sparlock, the warrior wizard. Whoa, a warrior wizard. Yeah, my friend gave it to me. All the kids are going to see the movie. Can I see it too? Oh, your friend gave this to you. Hmm, you look pretty excited about this. Why don't you come over here and get your snack, okay? Is this toy magical? Mm -hmm. Caleb, who likes magic, Jehovah or Satan? Satan. Right. Magic is bad. That's why Jehovah hates it. Do you really want to play with something that Jehovah hates? 
Do you remember who we learned about at family worship? Who is this? Adam and Eve. Right. Did they obey Jehovah? No, they disobeyed Jehovah. And he got very sad. So what if you disobey Jehovah and play with toys he doesn't like? Do you think Jehovah will be happy or sad? Sad. Yeah. Do you want Jehovah to be sad? No. I don't want Jehovah to be sad. No, I don't want Jehovah to be sad with you either. So what do you think you should do with this toy? Caleb, I am so proud of you. You made mommy very happy. And you know who else is happy? Jehovah. Yes. Jehovah loves you very much for obeying him, Caleb. Hey, you know what I want to do? What? I want to go ride bikes. Yay, let's go. <laughs> I want to I want to throw up. Yeah. Religion has killed magic and has I feel that they they brainwashed us to be so subservient and disconnected from our internal guidance system by giving us these like rules and limits and um, stories about the future that just to control us and to control our thought process is complete hijacking of our internal system. It's yeah. Really and frustrating. and Furthermore, just the black and white of it all, the the polarization, the extreme thinking, there's no room for <laughs> deductive reasoning. There's no room for reason. So by wanting to throw up after I see this video, I'm I'm not saying yeah, I'm not saying I believe in, you know, uh, creating magical spells and, you know, and doing evil magic. That has nothing to do with, in fact, all of the movies and shows that involve warlocks and witches, they're, they're basically trying to say there's, there's bad stuff and there's good stuff and don't be the bad thing. Yeah, and this whole notion that only the, the chosen few will survive we we were conditioned with the whole revelations the end of the world you know this the second coming of christ and how oh, yeah. only the only the born-again christians would disappear in the twinkling of an eye like we'd hear the trumpets and then suddenly people would just disappear and the yes. ones who stay behind would be stuck in this armageddon reality and only those who took the the mark of the beast would be would be trapped in this world which would become hell and only those who accepted the christ consciousness would um would ascend basically and i it's interesting because i think that all of these religions have thread of truth what is the connection between it all like what are the pieces that are true and where's the falsity and how do we deep frag or remove the old program and let our internal system rebuild the system so that we can 
have access to um, that spiritual dimension without needing a translator, without needing a priest or needing a religion uh, to explain what's right and wrong and who we should love and who we shouldn't, right? We have an internal guidance for that. We don't need to give our power over like that. It's been, we've been so manipulated and I'm horrified that you had to have that experience, especially with your, your grandfather. But I'm so thankful that your dad knew to take you out of the church and that you had to go through that process. I know it's a lot for like a young kid, but it's because of that, that you're so strong now. Right. It's so ironic how, yeah, it is horrible experiences are what give us, you know, our superpowers. It's so (laughs) magic. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious how, like, if your family members were to hear this episode, how do you think that they would feel about you saying all of this? Do you think they would be triggered? or The ones who are Jehovah's Witnesses would probably feel sorry for me or something and feel that I was lost and also feel afraid uh, because I'm, I'm definitely you know, the one that could, you know, take them down or poison their mind. And, you know, I'm sure they think, oh, oh, yeah, but this isn't true, or that's not true. You know, they, they have a lot of that kind of thinking, they put the walls up, and there's nothing can get past it. And they just kind of don't think past that. Mm -hmm. They were taught not to think like, you know, shh. (laughs) Don't think we'll do that for you. Right. Yeah. Uh, Anyway. Oh my gosh. Thank you for listening. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. For everyone listening, if you, if you were raised in um, a religion that you're realizing as an adult was a cult, um, we'd love to hear your experience. I, I think a lot of these religions that we're talking about aren't, generally considered cults but if we actually look at the definition of a cult the brainwashing the separation the the shunning the disassociation yeah yeah then we have to acknowledge that yes we were raised in a cult full of programming full of fear full of abuse mental emotional spiritual physical abuse And it's in that acknowledgement that I think our healing begins and the defragmentation begins where we get to let go of all the pieces that, you know, as an adult, we can say, I'm not subscribing to that any longer. I'm not subscribing to that any longer. And then we get to download our own soul's design direct from source, (laughs) direct from our own spiritual nature and realize we don't need these translators, we can have direct experience, direct knowing if we just have that intention and focus on it. So I hope all of you listening who have gone through that, that you have a way of accessing your own information and recalibrating yourself. And if you don't, I invite you to go check out my website, knowtheself.com, where you can get some resources or grab my book, Synchronicity, which has a ton of practices in it to help you do that. Thank you, Satya, for being so vulnerable and sharing 
so much of your story. I'm really grateful to hear it. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Uh, one last thing, you know, I realized that uh, the Jehovah's Witnesses, they often called themselves the truth and they would say, we're in the truth. Well, if you're not in the truth, then you don't really know this or that. And it's interesting that the the name Satya, how it came to me and was given to me and that it, it means truth. And so I just want to say, I don't want to swing 100% opposite to another direction. The whole thing is to take the good, right? And, and, and make a whole and, and not do what they taught, which is all of the extreme, all of the black and white stuff. And I think that's why I've, I am who I am. And as far as being a bridge between the different worlds that it's okay to love God and, and, and have other kinds of spirituality and that there is the Christ consciousness and, you know, all of these things together. So wholeness is where is what I'm embodying and, and wanting to, to allow, I feel a lot of people get lost. They either just say, well, I can't ever be religious then, or I can't ever have God then, if that's what it means, or, or I have to, you know, yeah, go into some darkness or something. Or, and so I think that that's not the answer. On another note, but similar, I feel that, um, and maybe you feel this way as well, but for me, what I give thanks about in terms of my uh, cult-like uh, upbringing and indoctrination is that it set me up for a deep trust in the the great unseen hand or the mystery of life, God. It created that strong connection from birth for me because I was born into it. And yeah, I really feel that's why I chose the family, the mother I did. I needed to be raised in a way that I could create that direct connection to God or that that great trust and learn how to pray at a very young age because it's that prayer and that trust that even though the church failed me and I saw, you know, all the deacons of the church disappoint me and all the hypocrisy and all of that. I never lost my connection to God. Like mm -hmm. I just, I always knew it was the translation, the translator <laughs> who distorted God's message for his own greed, gain and, and lust. And I could see that as a child. So I'm, and I think that's, you know, why, why we're here. Yeah. But, but to your point, I couldn't agree more. I, I had a profound, connection with God and I couldn't ever forget that because those moments of truth or experience or when you create that connection and, and you can't deny those and and when as a child if we were raised that way if that was our go-to I mean it that in and of itself is is a beautiful thing because that doesn't really go away unless you just squish it in the, uh, you know, and go to the extremes, which was what I was talking about a little bit ago. Yeah. So it, it is, um, 
it is nice to be able to have that that connection. And that's where it gets tricky with cults because they know, they know that you're going to feel God at some point. Well, that's how they're successful because they yeah. give you they give you the truth and then they distort it. But if you don't have that through line of truth, nobody's it's not going to work. Nobody's going to be there. So if you were raised in a cult or in this heavily heavily indoctrinated culture, you know that like there's one piece that is true, that is pure truth, because you touched it. That's what subscribed you to it in the first place. That's how so don't be too hard on yourself if you joined as an adult and found out later or you know you weren't a kid. So you you kind of realized after a while like, oh my gosh, I think I'm in a cult. Yes, because there is a piece of truth. So keep the truth and deconstruct all of the the manipulative program around it and you have gold. So I hope that help some of you who might be grappling with these things because god knows Satya and i've had a lifetime of <laughs> unwinding our uh, upbringing and and finding a new like finding our own internal guidance system i love it yeah, yeah on that note we're out we're out of here <laughs> ciao <for> now. ciao <laughs>To learn more about our life-enhancing courses and transformational retreats, visit knowtheself.com.